0: We decided, and you could see this morning just by hearing Elder um, Williams, that it would be good to just spend some time being real, talking about, you know, what is going on in your life. You know, I know we spent three days already talking about health evangelism, going out there and using this message in a powerful way, and it's very important. I will talk about that a little bit as well, but I think, you know. THE LITTLE TIME I'VE BEEN WORKING IN THIS AREA, IN THIS MINISTRY, I'VE LEARNED THAT IF THE PASTORS THEMSELVES ARE NOT CONVICTED OR NOT EXPERIENCING IT, AND I'M TALKING ABOUT JUST PASTORS BECAUSE YOU'RE PASTORS, I COULD BE TALKING ABOUT LEADERSHIP IN GENERAL, EVEN HEALTH MINISTRY DIRECTORS. IF THEY DON'T, IF WE DON'T LEAVE, IF I DON'T LEAVE THIS MYSELF AND I'M NOT CONVICTED, that I need balance in my life. If I don't have somebody to go to when I am you know, stressed and overly unbalanced uh, doing things that are really putting my health at jeopardy or I'm maybe going in the path of a burnout, if I don't have somebody that I can trust to talk about it or to really um, nurture me, how am I going to be able to bring healing and wholeness or use this message in a balanced way to teach others, right? So I think that I was blessed hearing Elder Williams this morning as he shared, but also to hear from you because I know that as a pastor, you have, as you just shared, many responsibilities, and many times you don't have who to go to and some of you said some things well yeah it could be pride it could be afraid that the church is not going to be supportive um it could be afraid and i don't know if this happens here i'm originally from south america so i'm from the south american division and i know this happens with pastors there they sometimes cannot trust even another pastor because if that gets out and it goes to other in leadership you know so sometimes they can't even share About some of the struggles they're having in the marriage, that they're having with their own health, that they're having with um, their kids—you know—they are stuck. There's nobody to trust. Can I say this about Patsy? She won't tell you this, but her father is a pastor. Her grandfather was a pastor, and two brothers. One brother. Yeah. so she understands the world (laughs) well (laughs) yes i i i i I really empathize and i identify with what it is to be you know a pastor's family or or deal with some of the stresses that you do Uh, right now my my brother is younger than me and he has 10 churches he pastors And he has barely no time to sleep. When I when we call, he's coming home at 11 because the churches are not 20 minutes; they're two hours away. So you know it's driving. So it's and I have another friend here from Brazil who is a pastor in Brazil. And some of you who pastor maybe in Inter America. Anybody here from Inter America? Okay, the majority. Okay, or many other countries you too you know sometimes your heavy load is even greater than some of us are used to here in terms of one church two churches although there's a lot of work but you can think about this uh, some of these pastors that go once every three months he goes to a church and then when he goes it's a marathon because there's all these things that need to be done so um, it's a different (laughs) mindset totally even but but it's heavy it's heavy and, um, and I know that it is a passion not only from the ministerial, the new ministerial team, but also my passion to see our pastors have a, an environment where they are safe, to, to, to have somebody to go to, uh, that they can be taken care of as well and have people who care for them. Uh, you know, The pastor's wives, I speak to a lot of pastor's wives. I, I work with women's ministry sometimes with shepherdess, uh, speaking to pastors' wives about depression, mental health, emotional health. And many wives go through that as well because of the heavy loads you carry. And Sometimes they are left to the side and the kids. And so there's a whole lot of things that happen. And I understand because, as he said, I've lived through this as well. So my, I think the reason we stop today to really focus on ourselves a little bit, on yourselves, is so that we can have this forum to really realize and be recommitted to the fact that it's OK to put boundaries. It's OK to say no, because you already said yes. So it's OK to say no. And God knows that. And it's OK to you know, pray that God will send somebody you can trust, that you can really share who you are and maybe he will give you the strength, as we were talking about earlier, to be real uh, with people about your struggles, because that would bring you closer to where they are. And uh, my prayer is that, that we can be able to start to see this new environment in, in, you know, in a way that pastors will feel valued, will feel that they do have somebody. My, I would love to see, and I don't know if this is something in, you know, in the works here, but um, it probably is, because I know Ivan is, is passionate about this, you know, to find a way that we can help and walk beside our pastors in terms of their health. I was excited to hear about Duke University's initiative. I was there last summer and talked to the guys who are doing this. And, and I was like, "We need this in our church." I, I was laughing because you said. said, Why, "How can we do this?" You know, uh, we need to be able to start to really look at that. I will talk later on today about how you can, perhaps, start to be involved in something like that, that can help you uh, start to look at yourself and your family and uh, really be engaged in that. Now, I wanted to share also some quotes with you that I have been finding helpful to me. I don't know how many of you know, but I have a pretty heavy schedule myself. and. Uh, I was telling Ivan is very for me it's very hard to find balance and I'm struggling with that to find balance myself you know working full-time in ministry which I love and I know all of you love pastoring so it's very hard for us sometimes not to give more of ourselves because we just love it we're called to it I'm in school full-time for my doctorate and because of that that was before the call came in I had a scholarship from NIH that I had to do 20 hours a week in order to maintain uh, in research and besides that I still see patients I'm a nurse practitioner so I see patients once a week to maintain my skills in an office so I see patients in internal medicine and it's just a very heavy schedule there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything And I'm finding that I have to really rely on God to give me some answers. This week I am praying about this because uh, I am actually, when I look at some of the things I'll share with you now, it speaks to me. And I want to just share this with you. Uh, Some of you who were in our class might have seen uh, some of these slides yesterday because we're teaching this in our official new training for health leaders across the the board here in the afternoon. Uh, Why this message is something, this message of health, is something that, that really you know, we should pay attention to. I know that in your and a, a pastor, I don't know, I forgot your last name, Anthony Medley, mentioned that he grew up in, a, in an environment where perhaps there were some people that taught this message in an unbalanced way. And what happens is that that turns us off. Uh, and really, sometimes it divides churches. And pastors don't even want to hear about this. So I no. We're not having that because I, I've been burned. Right? I know what happened. Last time we had a strong health ministry going, the church split. So not going in that direction. And sometimes it's very hard for, for pastors to really be comfortable working uh, or really being open to this. But I think that if we understand why is this message an important message for us in this day, first for ourselves and then... And in terms of our ministry, it may help us to see what God wants to do with it. And if you look at Scripture, three things. One is abundant life. You're hearing about this all the time. I came that you can have life, life abundantly. So, yeah, God wants us to live 10 years longer than the one next door. He wants us to have uh, all of our skills and, and abilities physically, mentally, emotionally, socially to the max. So, we can be the best witness for him. He also talks about uh, the fact that we do this not because then we can be bragging that we are Adventists and we have this fabulous message and we know it. No, it's because the glory is not to us, it's to God. That when we do it and we engage in this ministry, he's glorified. And as Pastor said, it's an act of worship. So, we are worshiping him and he, the honor goes to him when, when we're doing this. Thirdly, there is a role for this message for this time. So it's about fulfilling the mission that we have as a church. And I think that I don't want to ask, but if I were to ask you here, how many of us, including myself, did spend some time reading about the role of this health message to this time in terms of all the inspiration books that we have and how it fits in a balanced way to what we are doing. I don't know here, uh, Elder Williams said the, after seminar, likely you might have read one or two books. <laughs> Who knows, I hope you are reading, finding time on top of everything else. But the truth is most pastors that I know, or m- even leaders that I know, even health leaders that I know, don't necessarily spend time reading about you know, how to use the inspiration, the books that we have at this time in a balanced way. And we need to do that, because if we're to fulfill the mission, we need to use it in a way that will be effective following Christ's method. So in terms of living life to the full and having abundant life and honoring God, I came across this text. To me, it's very strong. And it helps us to see some things. It's not about us. It says life, this abundant life that we're talking about is a holy trust, which God alone can enable us to keep and to use for his glory. Not for us. He gives us life to use for who? His glory. Now, look at this. Days, months, and years are added to our existence. Not that we can brag that we are Adventists, and we are the top people on health. Even though the US World and News Report says, if you want to live long, number eight is do do what? Live like a Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, aren't we proud? Well. Days, months, and years are added to our existence that we may improve opportunities and advantages for working out our individual salvation and by our unselfish life, promoting the well-being of others. So if you and I live longer, that means we have a greater responsibility to promote the well-being of others because that's why days, months, and years are added to our existence. And he says there, thus we may do what? Build up the kingdom of Christ and make what? manifest the glory of god see the glory of god again it's nothing about you and me living long it's about manifesting the glory of god worshiping him as we have our days months and years added because of our choices this keeps on going this is testimony six page 378 379 and she continues however the misuse of our physical powers what does it do It shortens the period of time in which our lives can be used for our glory. No, for the glory of God, in which our lives can be used for the glory of God. And it unfits us to accomplish what? The work, the very work which he has given us to do. So by allowing ourselves, and here is where I am convicted every day when I go through my busy, unbalanced day by allowing ourselves to form what? Wrong Wrong habits, by keeping late hours, by gratifying appetite. Now, appetite is not just food. Appetite is appetite for what? Internet, Facebook, email, you name it. Life, ministry. And it's wonderful that we have an appetite for ministry. But as he was saying, if we go through what the pioneers did when Christ sent this message to us, and we are totally ignoring the late hours, the wrong habits, the lack of exercise, right? At the expense of health, this message has no value. It says, we lay the foundation for feebleness by neglecting what? Physical exercise, by overworking mind and body. Now. You're not talking about food here. Of course, wrong habits could be food. But here we're talking about sleep, we're talking about exercise, we're talking about working the mind, overworking the mind and the body. We unbalance the nervous system. And then comes the strong statement. The opportunity of blessing others, you're shepherds, you're shepherding people. So the opportunity of blessing others, the very work for which God stands us to do is cut short. And then what? We are guilty of depriving the world of good. Isn't that something? It goes beyond, really, me having health, which is wonderful. We do need to have health. And people are looking up to you, to me, to leaders. Oh, are they doing it? Oh, pastor, no, no, he's not. Oh, she, he, the health director, look, no. we are there watching us, however, it goes beyond that It's really about we not being able to do the ministry that God wants us to do in the full scope that He had in mind for us to do, and when that happens, the fault is whose is the fault of those who are choosing and who are we are choosing right? We are choosing because the enemy knows that he knows that if you if you and I follow those principles, we will have the powerful ministry a super powerful ministry that can satan ha, will have no chance but he knows this so he comes and he brings all this imbalance it could be food it could be stress it could be things in the middle that that can just take your eyes off what's important especially appetite and so through intemperance he will destroy your mind my mind our mental and moral powers making it impossible for us to really appreciate the eternal you know uh, things of eternal worth so that is his tactic so if we are to fulfill the mission and we forget that we won't fulfill it the way that really we were supposed to fulfill it and this really calls to me you know I was at the minister's convention how many of you were there at the minister's convention anybody yes a few of you were there we had a wonderful spirit-filled meetings there in the, the leadership of our ministerial team I was talking to a secretary of a union uh, one day, and he is very concerned about how we as a church are dealing with health on the policies, policy level that you were talking about. He said, look at, at this conference. I'm a union person. I have meetings when I wake up, throughout the day, through lunch, in the afternoon, and after service. I had no time to go and walk because there's a meeting and now it's a last meeting oh by the way we need to do a meeting now so he's like how are we to teach this if we as administrators and of course he was talking about you know administrators um, we don't respect we don't give a chance for people to breathe and it's so true isn't it the truth yes. when we meet together we need to make the most out of the time And we really, you know, and I I, I hope that we can get that message. I said, I will bring that message to our administrators to see when we plan it to make time off time. I'll say, this is sacred. No, you can walk. You can call your wife. You can go outside. You're not going to have a last-minute meeting because, oh, guess what? Nothing happening? Let's meet, right? It's the time that we'll meet. Now, of course, we were talking about a big convention. It's common. We do that all the time. But how about your church? See, uh, how about when we do plans and we do special events? We pack, we wake up with early five o'clock, uh, you know, prayer sessions, and then we go to devotion and then we breakfast and then you meet and then you go, which is wonderful. I mean, sometimes you, you, you can do that. But many times I think we are unbalanced, even in a way we plan for the events that we have. We don't think that we need to give people a chance to breathe to walk to you know would be wonderful if we had breaks to walk okay we're gonna have a walking meeting now so let's go and you can talk and uh i was talking to elder rojas jose said the best meetings i have is when i'm walking so if i call you to walk with me it's because it's serious <laughs> because the brain is oxygenating you know the movement is coming the ideas flow and I was thinking, you know, it's so true. Because I had a couple of friends that when I was starting up, and we would walk together, the ideas would flow. Now, we sit all day long. I was even saying, maybe we should have the rest of this class standing and doing this. All right? So then you would be, because this is one of the things we were discussing. He's getting the lady who said, oh, you can have your chair or your computer and walk. Well, that's what he's planning to do with his office. said, I'm going with you. If you get the money to do that, I'll get it too. Because we need to find ways to find time somehow to be moving as we are doing things. Uh, But I think it's good. I was very happy to hear that there are some policies that are changing. And I hope that we can slowly start to change the the ideas about this. It's the Lord's work. We need to do the best we can. But remember, balance, we need to include that in what we do. And I think it has to come up from administration down all the way to the local church. So that when you have your events, your Sabbath, why do you have 10,000 meetings all on the Sabbath? Why can't we have a meeting during the week or other meetings during the week? Let people stay with their kids or with their families on Sabbath in the afternoon, and least once a month, right? There's always meetings, there's always this and that, and that, and many times people don't have time. That's the one day they, they could spend with the family. They're, of course, it's wonderful to be in the church with the family, but sometimes you want to let them go to the park. Or, or something on Sabbath afternoon. So this is just give us some ideas um, that we need to be able to look back sometimes and consider. I would love to see uh, all of us, our administrators, our pastors, think through that. Think time off. Think, think about uh, giving people a chance to breathe when we plan some of our, our, our events. Yes? I, I, I have Praise God for that. Praise God for that. This, just yes, by doing yes, that. <laughs>
1: Just by doing that, you're
0: setting the example. Yeah. Now, does that mean, oh, they're lazy. Sabbath we should be. is a day that we should be doing more service. And we should. We should be doing service. But I'm saying, you know, at least once or twice a month, I mean, some balance we need to find. Yes? You're making a great point. I think the point is that we don't do it the week, so we try to cram. Exactly. Yes, that's right. We work, right? During the week, the members are busy making money. They don't have time for, for the meetings, et cetera. And that's, but see, I, I, you said that my, a pastor that I had some years ago did the same thing. He said, no committee meetings on Saturday, Sabbath. Committee meetings are Sunday morning, after, afternoon, whatever, anytime, but not on Sabbath. And um, that was good. That was good. We knew that we wouldn't have Sabbath. You know, There wouldn't be those last minute meetings um, unless it was a very important emergency and there was no way out. But really, trying to preserve the Sabbath and in, in what it is for, you know, um, and, and and really allow people to do that, uh, I think that, that's something that we need to to consider. And thank you, Elder Williams, this morning for really having us think through this. Now, what I found is that when pastors start to uh, realize that and they in their own life experience the benefit of this message in a balanced way, it changes. They become passionate about teaching this and doing this for others, um, and using this as part of their ministry, without any fear that this will be uh, unbalanced. Because they know, you know how to bring it in, an, in a balanced way. Reason being, I think all of us will have to come to that point, if not in one way, in another way. Because we know by, by inspiration that the gospel message and this message of health, they have to go together. It saddens me a lot when I see you know, leadership and pastors talking about all these wonderful plans for evangelism and all these wonderful plans for reaching the community. And they totally ignore the, the right arm, totally ignore it. It's almost as, as if it's not there. Uh, you know, The gospel and the medical missionary work are to advance together. The gospel is to be bound up. I mean, it's like right there together. And I guess that's part of what, uh, some of these new initiatives that are coming from the GC leadership. And you saw here past Sabbath and now with New York, you know, we're, uh, you're going to be seeing, especially in the, I think, in the council now that's coming up. Where are we? Are we at the beginning of the year? Spring Council. Uh, it's going to be really big for the world church to really bring this message in a, in a very strong way to work with the gospel. Yes. yes fabulous isn't it yes isn't that great to see that let me tell you a story I don't know if he shared with you here when we I first got this call for this ministry I was thinking about the summit I was impressed that we needed to do something with our community here both for you to watch it and for the community to experience it and I, was, I saw John Bradshaw, and I invited him to do this. I said, how about we do an evangelistic series on health? He was so excited. He said, I've never done that. He said, but you know, that could work. Let's do it. Let's do it. This was in November the year before. And I had just found out that I was in this role. Well, it turns out that a few weeks later, he got the call to its written. And he said, Katya. I said, no, you promised. And he said, I won't be able to do it because Las Vegas is happening at the same time. So I can't be there and in I said, oh, no. So I said, okay, God must have another plan. I know he has another plan. And it was a Sabbath morning. I got impressed. With that feeling. I said, feeling. Oh, he will never be able to do it. Well, try it. So I mailed him right away, and he sent back. I am free. I could. We could do it. I can see it. And isn't it amazing now to see, look back, I said, you know, God knew it. We have two going on at the same time, one in Las Vegas and one here on health, and God is blessing because he knew, he was already working in Elder Finley's heart that this needed to happen too. And within the, you know, the whole big plan of the World Church is just right, the right time for the right way. And I think that all the materials that are gonna be produced, you could use, and you can do this in your church. You know, The sermons are gonna be available, the you know, information, and now you saw how it's done. You don't have to use Creation Health if you don't want to. You can use New Star Celebrations. You can do any other thing on health. There's tons of materials there. But the idea is to ins- preach a message using health because that's the big need out there. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know if you know this is a very wealthy community. Yes. In fact, uh, I know the Center for the Orlando Magic in York. People- oh, yeah. yes yes we don't use that even to reach them that's true uh, i mean this is divine propaganda it is that you will be doing it in this community it is god really know praise the lord i am thrilled to see it's very exciting to see how god is working and you said it so well you know there is a population that is hard to reach but they are interested in health they are going through depression Mm -hmm. they're going through issues Sometimes it's drugs, it's whatever it is. And there's another ministry that we are starting that's under health ministries now that has to do with addictions. Not just alcohol and tobacco, but any addiction. Pornography, gambling, you name it. And we can have support groups in the church. I'll talk to you a little bit about that. As a matter of fact, you know, I know there are brothers here from Brazil, from the conference, what's the name of the conference? The Sao Paulo Conference. They have a huge health ministry going on in Sao Paulo, top, high-level, rich people in Sao Paulo. They, they use health to reach. If he could share, I don't know, maybe at some point, maybe we'll have you share some of what you are doing there, because I was marveled about how they are bringing all these wealthy people to the church using health. Just what we're doing here, you know, bringing that and, and doing a, an outreach, really using the right arm as it should be. Again. Not as the assurance that you're never going to get sick and you're going to be saved. No. That's not how we should do it. Use it as a hook. Oh, we'll do 15 minutes before the evangelism, and then they'll come because it's healthy. And then we'll hit them with a message, which is good to give them the gospel message. But we have to come out of that hook type of mentality with a message of health. This is not how God works. It has to be. Fab, the part of the fabric of the church your church has to be the center for health healing and wholeness which is our goal uh, to, to have you know here every church a center for health healing and wholeness known by the community but it's not because oh you come here and then we'll show you what we really want you to do we want you to get baptized no it's about loving people what is it The uh, disinterested benevolence right You're not doing it because you want to make sure that, of course, you want them to know Christ, to find love, to find hope for their life. But we have to do it in a way that they see it doesn't have second intentions. It's about them. It's about loving them. It's about accepting them and opening the doors for them because we care, because that's who God is. God is grace and love and mercy without any strings attached. So we are God's hands where we are, and we need to be able to send that message very clearly. To, to the people. I was here at, uh, I'm not sure I'm going to say a church, a, a church not far from here, where I preached not long ago. At the end of the service, this elder a gentleman, very passionate, came to me and said, we have such, such program in our church. It's a health program. They've done three years of this program here, not one baptism. What do you think? said, whoa, I think they shouldn't have that program if it's no baptisms why are they having a health program now am I against baptisms of course not we want people to commit their life to God that's what we want we really want that the Holy Spirit wants that too but we are to do what he did throw the net right throw the seeds and let the Holy Spirit work through the seeds and be available give the opportunities for them to come and invite them but no pressure No high expectations. It could take three years, 10 years. We never know. God is working with people where they are, walking beside them, and we need to be able to do the same. Of course, we should not miss opportunities because we are about building the kingdom of God, and we are paid by tide. We are paid to bring the message of hope to people and do the work. So it's not like we are against it, but the way we do it, we must not expect that and then say, oh, no, this doesn't work. Okay, let's get another health program because this hook doesn't work. It must be another hook. No, it's not about that. It's about really you know, making an impact in the community. Yeah, it's yes. Well, you know, one, mm. It's true, and I understand that because you're so right. This is how you're trained, and especially depending where you're coming from. Yeah. If you were trained in maybe in a country other than the US, that's even more. This is true in Brazil. My brother has a goal every month of of baptisms he needs to get. By the end of the year, he has to meet at least, I think this past year was 150 souls. Okay. Now, does he force it to get it? No. He does the work. God blesses and it happens. Now, I know a lot of pastors who stress about that. Stress about that because they're expected to do it and to produce. Well, here, here we have some pastors from Brazil. I'm sorry, I saying, I don't know how it's in your conference. But the, but the thing, what I'm trying to say, I think, is this. We need to do the work because of the work and not because of the fact that we need to get people in. The Holy Spirit will do its work if you do it right. Like you said, we need to conduct the health work in a way serious enough using Christ's method and if we do it, the souls will come. The souls will come, and they do come. How, how is your experience with that? I am from a conference that I know. We use evangelism funds for health ministry. I, I was the health director in my church. We wanted to have evangelism with health, and we applied, and they gave us money. How is it in your conference? Is that not, I thought every conference was like that. Is that not true? No? Oh, okay. Yes? Yeah? Certainly. Very good point. I think goals are important. Goals are important. You shouldn't say, oh, I'm going to wait. If I don't have any... No, you have to plan. But what I, I think what I'm trying to say is this. If we follow Christ's method... His method was the most successful method. We have that. His method alone. Now, I know some places that have goals, they get the people by the hair, they're in, and then two years later, they're out because they did not feel embraced and healed from where they were to where they are. So you have a very good point. You need to blend it, but regardless, Health has to be there because health is about healing. It's about bringing healing to the deep hurts that people have. You know, it's not just about diet and exercise. It's about really bringing God's love to heal people for their you know very things that sometimes we don't even see. Yes, Pastor. I almost said that. How about you? How many did you bring? No. <laughs> Yes, and this is such a good point. Because you know what? I think with health, what we are doing is not only, you know, giving already the message for the people who are ready to accept it. We are putting the seeds that later the elder can reap, right, and nurture that relationship, that the pastor can do it, that the members can do it. So many times you're holding this event, people are coming in because it's your first contact with them, it's an opportunity. Take it Let's Move Day. Okay, it's a big day, you're inviting a community, people are coming for a 5K. Oh, you're gonna be giving Bible studies to them on the side? No, but it's their first contact with the Adventist church, perhaps ever. And then if they come and they find a friendly church, open arms, and that gets to show interest for who they are, then they'll, by the way, we are churches such and such place, you get to know them, you make that friendship, invite them again, maybe they'll show up at church. And maybe they'll show up again and then other opportunities. It's the entering wedge. That's what we have in, in, in inspiration. It's the entering wedge so that others, the disciples in the church, can then, you know, nurture that relationship and make it into something that God will work and open other opportunities. Very true. That is why we just launched a new curriculum that we're teaching in the afternoon on with this very thing we're teaching people how to walk beside people how to do a sequential thing how to actually do health ministries so that you speak to somebody who is ready or to somebody who is not interested at all you said about pastors we have to walk beside our pastors some of them are ready and they're already there others are not and what i try to teach the lay health or the other leaders is patient with your pastor because you have to work with them, you know, and help them along as well. You know, be patient and work with them uh, one thing at a time so that they can get there too. Yes. There is a powerful, here, this quote. It says, when the third angel's message is received in its fullness, health reform will be given at a place where? Everywhere. Councils of the conference, in the work of the church, in the home, at the table. Yada, yada, yada. You know that. The right arm will have you uh, have its strength to protect the body. But then look what it says next. But while the health work has its place in the promulgation of the third angel's message, what? Yes. Its advocates must not in any way strive to make it take the place of the message, which is right where you were talking about. Yes. What has hindered this work is that some people make this the gospel. Yes. So it's the gospel of health right and the health message becomes the gospel and that's totally off the health message is not the gospel it is the right arm of the gospel and so she was very careful sister white i mean oh god use her she said its advocates must not in any way try to make it take place of the message That's true, and that's what's doing for many years. Yeah, I'm to do something without arms. its arms, the right arm. Yeah, it's the right arm. Now, can I live without my right arm? Yeah, I can. I can. But imagine it's what it would be if I have my right arm the right way, use it. Oh, it's gonna be beautiful. I mean, look at the opportunities we're having. For instance, with this big initiative we're having. To have, you you have the opportunity to come to your government in your city, in your state, and say, look, we have this partnership. We want to do this. Uh, You know, you can reach out to your health uh, department in your city, in your county. God is opening our opportunities because of these partnerships that we are having. And that will answer another question that somebody asked me in the break. Well, should we as a church be partnering with those kind of initiatives? so what do you say any any devil's advocate that think that we should not no No? but you you will encounter people that think that oh no but we're going to be compromising who we are Mm -hmm. if we partner we're going to be oh i don't know those are lutherans those are catholics and i don't know if i should our church should not be mingling (laughs) jesus was okay to mingle but we have to be careful who we mingle with right we have to break walls. And, and you know that joke of uh, Adventists in heaven, in the little corner? And so the Lutheran goes, oh, who is that, that group? Oh, there's those. Psh, the Adventists, they think they're here by themselves. Of course, that doesn't exist. But the truth is that many times we think we have the message, we think we're the best, we are the saved ones. Now, those are all the lost. How are we ever going to partner with them on an initiative? right jesus did that of course we're not going to compromise who we are the truth that we believe in no we're not talking about that we're talking about you know uniting with common goals health is a common goal that's why he's a right arm this big epidemic of obesity is a common need throughout the world so there's nothing wrong it's not because she's democrat or he's a Republican, and that comes another side of the group here in America, I don't know, in your country. Oh, it's because they're Democrats. Oh, it's because it's Obama. No. It has nothing to do with politics. We need to be able to take away our, <laughs> our filters. If, you go to, if you've been to Dr. Natalie's class, you've learned about the filters, the 10 distortions that lead to depression and anxiety, and bring down your emotional intelligence, many of us have these distortions that keep us from taking risk and, and doing what God wants us to do because we have all this prejudice and all these ideas that we create in our minds. And these are distortions. The Bible doesn't say that. Holy Spirit doesn't say that. And, and, and the you know, inspiration doesn't say that. But we create because somebody told us that we shouldn't do it. Uh, and we end up not allowing God to work how he would like to work. So we need to be able to ask discernment uh, for the Holy Spirit. When should I partner? What should I not do? Right? Of course, you don't want to compromise your faith on a Sabbath. You know any of the things? Or, or simply because you're going to please them? No. You know, Florida Hospital has a beautiful story they tell. You know, everybody knows they're Adventists, and uh, there was this huge um, thing they needed to do to with the community uh, to be able to get ready for a big event. And they brought people in, and the community helped give money. They needed to pave uh, the whole parking lot in time for this event. However, the company that was going to come to have that done did not have time to finish it on time. They had to go through Sabbath to finish it. And the whole community has invested a lot of money. And the hospital felt pressured. What if we don't get this done in time? You know, all this thousands of dollars that they gave, And now it's, what do we do this? Well, they decided not to have it done on the Sabbath. Because it's a Sabbath, they were not going to have a company coming and doing the pavement of the hospital on the Sabbath. They would try to pick up after sunset the next at the end of Sabbath and get it done because the event was Sunday. The company said, this is impossible. We won't be able to do it they started to do a prayer meeting and send out messages for the hospital, for the church's employees to pray because they needed to get that done in like a, a tenth of the hours that normally it would take in order for them to get it done. And you know what? God blessed in such a way, they finished it on time and it was news throughout the city. So, you know, we, we have to be able to not compromise what we believe in simply because we are partnering and people are giving money or whatever it is if it's not money it could be something else so we need to be able to stand for what we stand for however we don't need to be afraid we need to be able to mingle like jesus did and that's following his method so if you have people that come and say oh i don't know that we should of course there are things that we should not partner if it's going to compromise what we believe if it's ecumenical in the sense that you know we are part of something else then you have to be careful But many times we need to mingle with the Lutheran pastors, with the uh, Baptist pastors, you know, you name it. I know that in in, uh, Philadelphia, uh, when they did the Let's Move Day, they partnered with Baptist churches. They partnered with Lutheran churches. Of course, we were leading out, but they came to our event. So be it. You're making friends, you know. And if it's in their church, that's okay. You know, go to their church, and then the next time they'll come to your church. You know, there's different ways that you can partner many times we want to partner just for our own benefit but then we don't want to go there and 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 do our part right they know it then we that's a hook that's not truly partnering so it's just something that i think we need to think of think about we know jesus did this most of his time he did that and ministers this is for us there are precious blessings and a rich experience to be gained if you as a minister will combine what does it say the presentation of the health question with a few of your labors. No, just a few of them. Just maybe once, because you need to vary with other ministries. No, she's saying combine it with all of your labors. It's clear. It's going to be powerful if you do it, because that's Christ's method. And guess what? For us who are in ministerial work, soon... There will be no work for you. You're not going to have a salary from the conference, trust me. There will be no division salary, no GC organized as it is. It's going to be you and I and God, lay people, surviving with our garden. We'll go to Gordon. Northern California has over 40 gardens, so we'll plant our vegetables there, right? No, start planting your vegetables now. If you have a little piece of land in your church, go and start a garden. It's going to be a good experience. But the thing is, there will be no work done in ministerial lines very soon other than this medical missionary work. It's the work that, it's, it's the health work, it's the health ministry work of bringing healing to people through the natural remedies we know, through the way of um, other types of initiatives, such as stuff related to addictions, such as stuff related to. Uh, violence and there's a whole other set of things that we normally don't think about health ministries that are part of health ministries, huh yes april 12 1901 general conference bulletin so i just wanted to share with you i i already shared some of what's in my heart but i wanted to share with you what we envision here in north america and uh, what we would like you to be part of we want to see That's a hag. It's a big, hairy, audacious goal. That's what it stands for. It's very big, very hairy, and very audacious that myself, I cannot do it. You cannot do it. There's only one way to get it, through the Holy Spirit, because he is the expert in big, hairy, audacious goals. When I first thought about this initiative that we're launching, I remember I talked to several people in ministry, education, children's. I, I went down the line. Everybody told me, slow down, this, we've never done this. I think, just take it easy. Plan ahead for this year is too soon. Do it next year. Well, you know, if God impresses you to do something and you know you cannot do it, but he's impressing you, you know that he's the one who will have to make it happen. So don't listen to those. Listen to him. Of course, listen to the wise counsel, because some people will encourage you. So we would like to see every union, every conference in North America, every church, having a health ministries person who may be volunteer, who may be not necessarily getting a salary, but who is passionate and has balance in the way they approach this. We would like to do that because our goal is to have every church be the center for health. How can we do that if we don't have a structure where we can actually communicate with those churches and provide resources? So this is our Quenya. We, we hope to do that. We had some discussions about that. I'm visiting every president for every conference <laughs> and seeing if they don't have a health director, maybe they will be the one. Because you know, the conference president, he's responsible for the ministries. This ministry is in the manual. Health ministers is part of the ministers that we should have. So if it's not paid, if it's not someone, the, the president has to take it on. <laughs> you saw this past Sabbath. How many were here Sabbath? A few of you. OK. Our surgeon general was here. And God is already using this initiative that it started in his heart to bring people together, open doors, I just got, after this weekend, I got another invitation for us to come to the White House with all of our health systems so that we can start working towards other things. Um, and God opens up doors. I think, you know, if you look at the national prevention st- strategies of this country, and now, I'm sorry, I'm talking to those here in the U.S. primarily, um, these are the goals that the Surgeon General has for the country. And I met with her at the end of the meeting. I said, did you realize your prevention goals it's straight out from our books because this is what we've been doing for decades. She said, Yes, it is. She knows it. <laughs> Tobacco free living, prevention of drug abuse and ex- excessive alcohol, eating right, exercise, mental and emotional health. This is one we've neglected for a long time. This is one that we need to wake up for. You know, we've talked wonderful about all this here for all these previous decades. But we haven't done much, as much as we should in terms of mental and emotional health. I strongly, I strongly encourage you to get to know Dr. Natalie's materials on depression, on emotional intelligence, on you know thinking. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of women about this. I would go around the world talking to them about people are suffering in your churches. They're not telling you. But they have depression. They have anxiety. They're feeling like killing themselves. And you may not know it because they're not going to come to you. We need to be able to have an environment where people are able to share. This may be happening in your family. I was in Seychelles a couple of years ago with Women's Ministry talking about depression and anxiety. The wife of the conference president was feeling this way. We left. We talked with her and everything. He was not very much you know, in tune with that. Found out last year she killed herself. We have to be able to wake up to the fact that this is real. It happens. It may be happening in your family. You may not be seeing it. It may be happening in your church. I am actually surprised as I go to church. This is a burden. Yes. Dear pastors, this is a burden that I have. And I see you have too. Because you have to, at least if nothing, you learn nothing about depression. Learn one thing. It's a disease like heart disease, diabetes, any other disease, okay? It needs treatment, it needs physician. Prayer helps hugely, it's wonderful. But prayer alone and no treatment is like telling somebody, oh, you have a heart attack? Go pray. They need to see someone who can help them get you know, the medication they need at that time to feel better and then they can start to do these other lifestyle things, which help to feel better. But we need to be able to give the right counsel. The other thing you see here is violence. Injury and violence, violence-free living. This is a huge public health problem. It's across the world, especially violence against women and girls. Men also, too, by the way. Uh, they, a lot of women abuse their husbands, and that's real. But it happens twice as much with women than it happens with men. If somebody comes to you and they say, I'm going through such and such situation at home, you have to believe them. Don't tell them, oh, you know, go pray with your husband. Go to do counseling with your husband. Many times we counsel them to do counseling together. If there is violence in the family, that's what you don't want to do, It's tell them to go get counseling, because it's going to be more violence at home. If they are go to counseling, they need to go individually so they can share you know individually but this is real this is another thing that's happening in our churches and many of us are pff, ignoring it and depending on the church you pastor it's a cultural thing that's totally acceptable and we don't do anything about it Oh, this is their business and then we say yeah you got to submit to your husband you are married to him no divorce so you so instead of helping them with the resources that can encourage and make them stronger in the relationship We many times don't do what God has called us to do. So I beg to you that please consider getting to know more. We have a weekend, this weekend, we have a whole seminar on violence. You know, the Adrian Women's Ministry launched three years ago, End and Now. How many of you have heard of End and Now? Oh, some of you. How many have not heard of End and Now? A few of you. This is the World Church, you know, Adventist Church initiative. To promote and raise awareness about this very big problem, How many, now now comes the question. How many of you know when is the once-a-year Sabbath for the violence prevention in the church calendar? Oh <gasps> Pastor Daly, you deserve a hug. <laughs> when is it again? Last you stand Sabbath. up and tell everybody. Last when: Sabbath in August. Last Sabbath in August. For 13 years, it has been the last Sabbath in August. This was voted in Utrecht. How do you say that? Utrecht, years ago. Women's ministry have been trying to get the attention of their pastors to take this opportunity and invite the community in so you can talk about violence. This is a huge public health problem. Again, health coming as a right arm. But you know what? They want to ignore it. And I know of a lot of women that have tried. I've tried. I've asked my pastor, but there's no. Well, this is in the calendar. It is our opportunity to have the sermon is ready. If you go to the Women's Ministry website, download the sermon with PowerPoints and everything you can preach if you choose to do so. If you want somebody else to preach, you can bring somebody. But this is one of the ways you can help your congregation to find healing. Because when you do that, women will start to feel like, I can talk about it. I can, you know, or men can start to to say, I can talk. For men, it's even more difficult. Women, okay, oh, yeah, they're used to complaining, right? Well, men, if they open their mouth that their wife is hitting on them or hitting them, or doing whatever imagine how that what that does to a man's you know ego not as ego but you know their self-respect it's very hard so bringing these issues out to your community is a way of bringing healing to your members as well as using this to uh, as a, a, a board to bring others from the community in I know churches that do this let me tell you a wonderful thing I, ha- I told you I went to Seychelles, right? That is the number one country in the world with the highest rate of violence against women, Seychelles. It's in the Indian Ocean. Yes. Seychelles is a bunch of violence beautiful that is right in the Indian Ocean, uh, outside of Africa after Madagascar, you know, over there. It's the highest rate of violence. We just heard three weeks ago that our initiative, because we were there, we talked to the First Lady, we talked to the, the Ministry of Health. Three weeks ago, they announced they are using this as their national initiative against violence. Isn't that amazing? This is God using something. It's the right arm. That can open up other doors. We talked to many women there who are suffering. So I just want to point out to you things that are not necessarily seen as health ministry but they are. All of these things that have to do with health, public health, they are things that you can use to meet the need in your community and you can use as the right arm to be an entering edge. Now, let me just share with you in the last few minutes some of the resources that you need to know are available to you so you can help you know, your church be a center for health and healing. Well, First, our goal is to really uh, help our health directors reach up uh, and there's, I, I, I recommend you buy, first for yourself, that 40-day book that the review is selling. It's new. It's just out. For, uh, Dennis Smith, as you know, he does his series. He just came out with the health principles for people living the last days. I'm doing it. It's beautiful. This can be used to actually wake up your congregation. If you want to, in Brazil, we've had this many years, uh, actually, that idea of 40 days. We've done a second one on health. The entire division, all the churches, went through this as a church. 40 days of reading and really waking up to the health message. Uh, we want to reach up first. Make the connection with the spiritual. Not because they're going to be saved if they do it, and they won't if they don't. No, we need to really you know, change the way we looked at health ministries. So reaching up is the most important. And the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work. That's why we were talking about baptisms. He's the one who's gonna convict people. And we need to do our part. Now, we have to reach out. We've developed a lot of resources. You received in your package for the summit, for instance, a couple of newsletters that are out. One is out every month. It's free. You can download on the website and print it in your church. The very last page, if you open up, and I I think I have a picture here, this. Uh, It's called Health Unlimited. And the very first page is just inspirational for people to reach up. We always feature a book. On the second page is, is resources for your church. Always a lot of resources that your health director can use or you can use if you like. Third page is news. So if you do anything in your church related to health, please send to us. We'll be glad to feature. We are featuring two conferences every month, and uh, one in AD White and one hospital system uh, in, our, in our news. Then if you turn the page to the back, and I don't have one here to show you right now, but if you open your packet, you see on the right hand side, side, there is a piece that says, facts with hope. See, those are evidence-based facts about health that you can use for a health minute in your church. How many of you have a health minute in your church? Yay! Oh, thank you. Four hands went up out of 50. Yay. If you want to get your congregation to move in the right direction with health, you need a health minute. It could be one minute. It doesn't have to be more than a minute. My church had five after years of getting there. Because then it was recognized that that was helping people change behavior. Because when you get facts like this that say, for instance, here, in the month of January, we, were, we are focusing on, uh, faith and health. How does, you know, what does reading the Bible do to your health? So if you read here, you're gonna see what does the research say about that, and then it's gonna give people hope. So we usually feature four or five of these every month that you could use once a a Sabbath, a minute. Did you know, for instance, here, prayer is associated with positive health behaviors in children? Researchers at the University of Texas found out that 5th, 4th, and 6th grade children in three of the Texas school districts um, who prayed frequently, they reported significant higher levels of positive health behaviors than children who never prayed. So prayer was also positively related to social connectedness and sense of humor. And then that's the fact. That's the research. Then you can put down below, while parents often pray, you know, with themselves or for their children, We can also make a difference if you pray with your children. And then having a self-identity rooted in God's love, that will help them with their own health behaviors according to the research. And then, you know, this is just an example. You could use this. We're actually now going to be putting this on PowerPoints. If you go to our website, which is nadhealthministries.org, you're going to see all the way last year, there were 10 months worth of, like, over 40 of this, different topics. And this year, every month, we're going to be feature, fe- featuring one of the Truthful Life items. You all got a little booklet, right, in your, oops, in your, did you all see this, that you have a little booklet right in the front piece? Okay, those 10 choices, we're going to be featuring each one, every month, you know, one of them, and we're going to give you the research. This is made for you to get for your church and give this away for people. People that, you know, you meet in the street. oh, this is, you know, this is the right arm actually reaching out, and you can actually put the seal of your church also if you want to, so they know how to get to your church. It's like a card. NADHealthMinistries.org. And so this has the, the, the 10 uh, different ways to choose full life. You can print this and give it out on Sabbath, give it out for the community if you do a health fair, and it's in French, Spanish, English, Russian, and Portuguese. Okay? People are using this all over the world, actually. It's online. You can download it online from your computer. You just, it's a document. You open up and then you just use that. Everything is downloadable. Oh, you mean the little booklet? Oh, we have tons of it there in the back in our. in our bo- booth, you can buy them here. It's like 100 of them. It's like $10 or something like that. And or you can order online. We have the order form online. You can order a whole bunch of it online for less expensive. Huh? We, oh, we are going to be translating it because a lot of people are asking. So we're going to translate it to French and Spanish. Yeah, the little booklet too. And to other languages. If there's any language you want this on, if you want it in Korean, Send it to me, translate it, and I'll be glad to put that on the art form available for you to download and print. So in other you go, uh, use it. To yeah. Well the January is already available on the website. If you go, everything is available there for you to download. The February next week will be available on the website. We normally put it available the first week of the month. So you can go in there and you can download high resolution, you can send it to a printer because it's in printer form, or you can email it. It's in an email form. There's three different types of files. Okay, there's also a calendar here that you can know what's going on across the division in terms of events, conventions, conferences, or any other things like that. So we recommend that you print this for the public, for the community, the last page, because it's got always a message, and then you can ha- have a space here to... Put a seal for your church information. It has our information, too. And uh, you can give that on health exposed screenings that you do, such as the one you're doing there. Okay. The facts with hope, we are putting that on PowerPoint. In the meantime, you can do your own PowerPoint if you want to. You can go back all the way last year and just do that. That's something we're thinking to do now. And this is a monthly newsletter. So you have that every month. The other thing we have too that uh, we want to make sure you know, uh, we are doing a devotional for youth. It's coming out in, in 2014, and it's called "I Choose." And it's going to be available online, and it's going to be available for you to encourage your young people. It's about healthy choices, you know, addictions, all these kind of things that come to youth. Um, we have this new curriculum that we just launched. It's called "Creating um, a Vibrant Life." Vibrant Health Ministry. We're piloting it here. It will be available to go to conferences. So if you ever want to have your people in your church trained, you know you can send or find out. We're going to be announcing where it will be held. It's going to be available online, because we are recording it right now. Hopefully, your people can also take that. We encourage everybody, even especially pastors, to take this training, because it gets actually a very balanced view of how to have a successful ministry in your church. Um, We are doing, we have health ministry guidelines, very important. If you have any form of health ministry going on in your church, please go to our website, download the guidelines that were voted. Many people are doing screenings and things and they don't realize they're putting their church in liability. You need to know the laws of the state where you are. And we are meant to do health education, health promotion, Anytime that you have somebody diagnosing, treating someone, you have to be aware of the liability that that brings. So make sure that you read the health education guidelines. We have a health summit once a year. I wanted to hear from you. How many are finding this summit helpful to have a track for pastors? Everybody, oh good. So we're gonna have a track for pastors again next time. The other thing is we're deciding whether we're gonna do this We've done it for 10 years in Orlando, every year. We're thinking about maybe having it every other year in Orlando and then taking off year to a region, like a union, and do regional. We'll see if that's gonna happen. We're gonna be talking to our committee. How many of you have never come to the summit before? I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) Now, why was it that you didn't come to the summit before? Was it because it's too far? or because you just didn't feel invited <laughs> you thought it was interesting this time good <laughs> they didn't have track maybe they didn't have a pressure okay expense, expense. oh boundaries <laughs> boundaries so he said <laughs> i'll do school first and then i'll go to a summit." good um well i'm glad that you found this helpful we want to have more and more of this for pastors and really uh work we're going to be collaborating by the way ministerial association is one of our partners in our big initiative so we're we're going to be working together to try to get yes that would be wonderful you know i have know that some conferences who are sponsoring pastors. i know Alleghenies. Sponsored pastors to come. I know Chesapeake sponsored pastors to come. Anybody sponsored you to be here? Your conference. One, two, not all, some. Sorry, I don't know who they did and how the criteria is. I know they sponsored some, but uh, okay, good. So yes, you had a question. Oh, the union helps too. That's wonderful. I also want you to know about faith community nursing. How many of you have heard of faith community nursing? Oh, good, all right. Well, just know we started an association just at this summit. We are coming, bringing together all the Adventist faith community nurses or parish nurses, because we want every church to have one. If you are not aware of what they are, they work with you, alongside with you. And actually, pastor um, from Emmanuel Brinkle Church, they have Betsy Johnson, who has been there. And I know she works very closely and it's a blessing from what I hear. She is part of our board. She is the representative for our association for the Faith Community Nurses. They can help you in your ministry. If you want to learn more, talk to Pastor Vincent. What is it? Men, Anthony. I'll go for the first name, Anthony. And he can share what a blessing it is. Many churches don't realize that. And of course, they have a paid parishioner receiving some are volunteering they're willing to to do some work for for you in your church and they lead out in health ministries if you can possibly ever uh, help sponsor one of your nurses to come to the training because we do training we're doing training here it's a 40-hour training it's a specialty in nursing uh, where they choose to work in your church meet the needs of the people the members in your church they visit them they give health education they really uh, provide resources from the community because they know it's a blessing. And we want to really spread and get more Adventist nurses involved. Um, then I just wanted you to, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the Faith Community Nurses just because of time. But I wanted to just let you know about Adventist in Step for Life as we close. How many of you, here comes the question, have signed up on our website? Let me see the hands. Elder Williams is the only one? All right, pastors, do you have your iPhones right now? Do you have your iPods? Go to, right now, Adventists. Let me show you, instepforlife.org. I'm gonna wait. You don't have phone service here? No internet, okay write down, you have a brochure in your green folder. At the back of the brochure, the website is there. You go in, and then this is what you do. You go where it says Registration and Reporting, right here on the right corner. And then it says, not login, in, click here. Or not registered, click here. Then you click, oh, here's the website, right? You click and you come, Put your information and you brought to this page. This page simply asks you, how much activity did you do? The last month, last two months, you just choose the date. And then you select if you ran or walked, whatever, biked, gardened, you choose it. It's gonna transfer that activity depending on the time you did and it's gonna convert into aerobic miles. Then, you're gonna have to pick a church, of course, you're gonna have to name either a church, school or hospital in the North American division because they'll get credit for what you are entering. This is for all the members, but you have to start, lead the pack. And then once you do, you you can track, you know, what's happening every week or every month throughout the the year and how much physical activity you are doing. Why this is important? Because this national initiative that we celebrated on Sabbath that the Surgeon General came to, we reached over two million miles of physical activity. The country's goal was three million, so we did two-thirds of the national Goal. This year, we want to do two million at least, because it was one million our goal last year. So this year, we're going with two million, because the chaplains did half. I want our members, you, to do the two million, not count on a million from the chaplains. Because if the chaplains do their part, and we do two, we're going reach to the, reach the country's goal. Imagine what a powerful impact we can have for God in that way. So gardens, if you have gardens, you need to go in. And what you do you do? Sign up individually, and then see here on the upper corner, it says, be coordinator. You can choose the be coordinator of your church to be the coordinator for your church, or you can identify somebody, your house director, your youth director, because this initiative is collaborating. Let me go back here. With youth, look at that, youth, pathfinders, chaplain's ministry, schools, all of our Adventist schools, community services, children's ministry, disability ministries, we just they were added this year, women's ministries, family ministries, all of our health systems, the five systems. And then we also have ministerial department. I put your logo right here. All of our ministries really are partnering in this initiative now. And we're gonna start to really try to promote this. And you as pastors, we need you. We need you. We only have 85 pastors. I'm tracking. 85 pastors who have signed up. There is a toolkit on the website. If you need a real one, you can stop by my booth and get one. And explains their pedometers, t-shirts, caps, brochures. Uh, Brochures and the toolkit is for free. Your church should be getting it. How many received a toolkit with everything last year for Let's Move Day? One, two, that's it? It was shipped. Yes. Yes, they are reporting those miles into here. Actually, she got an award Sabbath because they did a lot of miles. Out of the Columbia Union was the number one conference in miles, partly because of the, 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 the Allegheny East on the move. But it's still important for you to go and just report it here. Once a month, a quarter, just put all your total miles there. If not, it's more work for Leah, because she's having to track all this. You know, it's much easier. You can do it in one minute. Just go in, download the app, and do that. Um, I wanted to show to you, this is, you know, as a coordinator for the church, you can put all gardens, feeding sites, if you have a, a feeding site that counts. Yes? Both. For those who are computer literate and like to do it, we are encouraging every person to do it. But... That's one option. The second option is for you, actually it's forward, to if you don't want to do it on the computer, you can actually use this log. And then many elderly or others who don't want to do it in the computer, they're going to fill in the log. It's a 13-week log, it's every three months. And they're going to give in to the coordinator. Let's say you are the coordinator for your church. So you're logging your own miles, but you're also reporting for the church, for those who don't want to do it online. Just collect all the total miles once a month. You go in there, put the date, and just put the total miles for the church. Two minutes. Yes, so this is, out. Yes. This the is not just for church members. Yes, all of your physical activity events. And another question. Yes, yes. So the Let's Move Day is one day. It's part of this initiative. Is one day out of the year where everybody, all these ministries I mentioned—schools, hospitals, and churches go out on the same day to plan an event it could be a 5k could be a one a walk whatever and it's just that the adventist church will be in one day everybody across the division doing something and we tried last year to get our yearly goal in that one day one million miles in one day if we had massive participation we could do it but you know it was three four months for the churches to hear many didn't hurt this year we are announcing early And I hope that you can have as many people because we could reach 2 million miles in one day if we really have a lot of people involved. This is not only for the membership. You invite your neighbors, friends. They can add their miles, and they can actually uh, report. The the only thing is they need to choose your church so that your church will get credit. We really want to encourage you to do it. And I'm going to close now as we are ready to lunch. And this is my appeal to you. She says, I urge that those of you Who are taking a neutral position in regard to health reform be converted the lord gives me the message she's saying to urge that all who bear responsibilities in any line of work for god take heed that the truth is in the ascendance in the heart and life she's not saying you have to be perfect you have to follow all the rules of health to the minimum she's saying that this truth may be in the ascendance in your life all of us have things we need to deal with in terms of better choices but what we need to do is be on the right direction listen to God's voice and allow the Holy Spirit to do in us what we cannot do for ourselves Amen. and he will be honored thank you so much for listening for being with us this morning let us pray uh, and ask God to continue on with us as we share a meal together father thank you so much for giving us this gift of grace, this message of health and health message as we know it is a gift of grace. You want us to live healthy, abundant lives. You want us to use this life to serve and honor you. And you want us to fulfill the mission using the right arm in the right way. So bless each pastor here, each one that's supportive of their pastors who is here, the pastor of wives. Help them to first find in you the strength to make choices that will be for full life. And use them through your spirit to touch the hearts of those who are hurting, who need a word of hope, and who need to understand this message with the eyes and the filters of your grace. So help us in that direction, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for the NAD Health Summit. If you would like to learn more about the NAD Health Summit, please visit